Um, so my name is Grant. I go to Denton North Church, um, and I've never done an interview before, but I heard about this Every Song project and really thought it was very cool and something I wanted to uh, introduce to more people in our church or who are connected to our church. And I reached out to them via email, and I'm here with Jesse Roberts, who was kind enough to be interested in having this conversation, even though who knows if it's going to even be 100 people that hear it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Jesse, do you want to introduce yourself and give the, the brief spiel about Every Song? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So I'm, my name is Jesse Roberts. Um, I'm married to my beautiful bride, Leah, uh, and she and I make up, uh, the band, if you will, uh, called, we call ourselves poor Bishop Hooper. Um, and we started, uh, we've been kicking around the idea of doing this project where we sing a song based on every single Psalm in the Bible, uh, for a number of years, but the Lord, uh, kind of kept saying, not yet or not right now or don't do it. And, um, it was July of 2019, um, that God really opened the door to say, start January one of 2020. Uh, and of course in his beautiful, you know, providence and mercy as musicians, you know, March hits and, and we're on the road, um, sharing this other ministry that we do. And, um, the world starts shutting down with COVID uh, and, and everyone we know, who are musicians are, are frantically trying to release content and here the Lord has gone before us and has set us up. We've kind of shifted a whole bunch of things around how we do uh, what we do and how we do it um, to be releasing a song every week for almost three years. So um, we just released Psalm, the song for Psalm 89 this morning. Um, and uh, we're excited about that. We're over the halfway point, which is kind of a, crazy and wild and fun. But um, the idea is that we're singing all the Psalms again, um, staying as, as true and as close to the, the scriptures as we can. And, um, we know that God's word is amazing and beautiful and wonderful and life-giving, uh, and encouraging. And so, um, instead of kind of making up our own words, we just wanted to sing his word. And, and so we've been very blessed and, um, I'm so grateful to partner with God in this, uh, to have started the project and to have made it this far, uh, and to hopefully, uh, get to the end at 150 near the end of 2022. So that's kind of the general every Psalms spiel. There it is, man. Yeah, that's awesome. <clears throat> I, uh, I, I, this sounds like I'm blowing smoke, but I'm really not, but I haven't, I'm not aware of anything else or sorry, I'd say it's like top five things I'm aware of that people are making right now that are like really edifying resources for the church or for people who are interested in learning more about Christianity. That's, been really great for me and the people that have recommended it to. And some of that might be taste. Like I just really enjoy the kind of genre that y'all have chosen to go with or the genres, I guess. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it's great. And I really appreciate the work that y'all are doing on it. It's helped me a lot. Um, so yeah, the questions that I had were kind of in three broad categories. The first ones are about like sort of artistic questions or about your process. And then um, some pastoral questions about like how Christians relate to the Psalms. And then uh, sort of more personal questions, like what stood out to you, that kind of stuff. So should we just dive into the first section? Sure. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so my, one of the things that I thought about when I was trying to imagine like being in your shoes doing this project is like the Psalms are just so like deep and layered and interconnected and perplexing and important. <laughs> and I feel like I would be very scared to actually start. I would always be thinking, you know, I'm going to wish I did it different in five years after I've learned more about this. So have you struggled with like 
analysis paralysis? And if so, how have y'all worked with that? Yeah, no, that is absolutely a thing. When, when we were in those few early months of, of um, feeling the Lord's clear call to do it, I had a whole bunch of all of the anxieties and, and uh, fears, you know, Oh, we're going to, there's no way we're going to do it justice, you know, or we're going to run out of songs at Psalm 60 and then be like, uh, you know, uh, or they're going to be bad or they're going to sound the same. Or how do I, how do I um, sing these well? Uh, and, and I guess not interpret them well, because the idea is just to sing what's there, but uh, how do I honor and, and bring things out and, and focus on the right things? If there is, you know, some of them are too long to sing every line. So how are we, you know, doing that? We had all of those, uh, like hesitations and fears around it. Um, but one of the ways I think that we've, we've come to a, like full rest and peace in that is that we've uh, decided to not like intentionally, not my wife is a, is a really big, uh, particularly old Testament, but she loves the Bible and she knows an immense amount. Um, and, and, you know, commentaries and other people's words and all this stuff, we kind of intentionally have tried to stay away from that when we go to the Psalm and say, okay, Psalm, you know, whatever it is, Psalm 91, you know, we're going to look at Psalm 91. We're going to read Psalm 91. We're going to read a lot. You know, we're going to, we're going to pray about it a lot. We're going to then start saying, okay, spirit, I trust you to make the creative decisions around this. Um, whether that's like, what key should this be in now? Granted, this is kind of more on the, on the craft side. If it's a lament, you know, it's not going to be upbeat and major key and happy. So there's some of that that's kind of easily built in by the, by the subject matter. Um, but you know, we're, we're saying, Lord, what do you want us to draw out of this? Which if there are certain lines to be repeated, if it's a chorus or something, what, what do you want those to be? And then we just have to trust it. And that's the hardest part. Like you said, five years from now, looking back, Oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. I wish I, one of the greatest things about this, and this is something we tell a lot of other people who are writing songs is just the sheer number and quickness at which we have to put them out. Mm -hmm. uh, so we knew we don't have that much time. You know, there are a lot of them where uh, I feel like I don't have as many hesitation or many like regrets, if you will, around the writing, but I definitely have somewhere I'm like, Oh man, I wish I would have had more time on that when I would have added this or I would have, you know, doubled all these guitars or doubled all the vocals or whatever, but just don't have time. Mm -hmm. Um, because when one comes out every single week, uh, there's just limitations there and it's really healthy. Honestly. Um, I was in a touring kind of rock band for many years before uh, I married Leah and we started doing what we're doing now. Um, and the, just the studio process and the, you know, writing an album and recording the album and how much it's, Oh, is that one beat per minute too fast? Or maybe it's, too, let's try it. It's one beat per minute. So, Oh, it's to this, the, Oh, well that, I don't know about that one note. And you just, like you said, analysis paralysis, you get in this thing where all of a sudden you've, you know, you've lost that vibe, if you will, because you're second guessing everything. Um, and with the, with the choices we've made around every song, we aren't able to do that. And it's a really, it's a blessing. You know, the Lord is, is, uh, is kind to us even in that. Cause otherwise it would just be all consuming and you'd never think any of them are done. Um, but when they have to come out, it strips you from that. And we say, this one's done and it's done. And we send it, uh, to our good friend of ours who does a very quick stem master on it and he sends it back and we upload it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I definitely know where that question is coming from. We definitely feel that stuff a lot. Um, but in the end we trust the Lord that he is good. Uh, and we'll, you know, we'll trust the, the product that comes from it. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I want to ask about a particular part of that. One of my friends um, who goes to our church and is led in various capacities um, kind of got introduced to God and to Christianity at a church where they did like prayer art classes. So he would like paint and it was sort of like, Holy Spirit, what brush should I use? How should I mix these colors? And asking the Lord about minute decisions about the art form, <laughs> um, which is kind of, to me and most people, probably kind of a foreign idea. And it sounds like you're doing something similar, like what key should this be in, stuff like that. Um, I guess, how does that work? Like, <laughs> is it like a key of e? Or I don't know. How do you discern that? Well, and and uh, my my wife sits in that place much better than I do. Uh, to be honest, uh, and she'll, there'll be times, and, and it's interesting to be clear on, on our process. We're, we're a good number ahead of when they come out. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I think we've, like, we're written through one fifteen uh, and recorded through a hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're about like 10 to 12, you know, done recorded sent, and then another 10 to 12 that are in it. So it's been nice because there are definitely times where just whether it's when we're leading, you know, we, we pastor home church and do a lot of worship and prayer just in general um, with our community uh, and ministry and to art students. We live right by uh, the Kansas city art Institute. So there's a lot of college kids um, in our neighborhood and have this ministry house full of art students and whatever. But um, so we're in that space a lot. And a lot of times it'll be, Oh, wow. You know, I'm drawn to Psalm 132 or whatever. And in, in the moment of prayer and then something comes out of that in a, in a, and even like a live, if you will, live in like a worship or prayer perspective that then guides that song, uh, guides the every psalm portion of that song later mm-hmm. on. Um, or there's something really beautiful that we read in a psalm and we're, it's not the next one in the order in chronological order, but it's the one the Lord has on our heart in that moment. Um, and so then that becomes those songs. Take What I'm saying, what I'm trying to get at with that is a lot of times the spirit has picked the songs and when to write them before we had to have them done, if that makes sense. Um, Of course, we're getting less and less space with that, having more of them out. But then I think it's, it's easy sometimes for us to say, okay, you know, the Holy spirit, I'm going to wait on you and I want to hear your voice. And until I do, then I'm not, you know, I'm not going anywhere, uh, which is fine and beautiful on the flip side of that coin. I trust that the Lord and the Holy spirit have developed in me over the course of my lifetime and musically as well. Uh, you know, they've shaped my musical tendencies. And so sometimes I sit down with it and I say, I just read it. You know, we read it a bunch, read a bunch of different translations, uh, and then just sit at the piano and start playing something. And so I might not have heard, I might not have heard the, you know, the, the whisper voice of God say, this needs to be in B flat. Uh, but at the same time, I trust that years of me playing piano has made, has set for this moment that it's supposed to be in B flat. If that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Whole process top to bottom. We're always trying to like sit in the moment, pray, you know, help us make this decision. Sometimes it comes really, really fast. The song's done in a couple of minutes. Leah, a lot, a lot of times will sit at the piano and uh, she'll write it real quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a few, I feel like that's more, common than the ones where we have to go back to multiple times and fix and change and things that that isn't as common. And again, that's probably part of um, the boundaries we've given ourselves. Yeah. Um, you kind of touched on this. It's easy. I think as a lay person for all the Psalms to blur together, it's like we've got dozens of lament ones and they kind of all sound the same. Um, and y'all are able to 
kind of, I think, see a flavor in each one that's kind of distinct and uh, carry that through. Um, so, yeah, how, how are you able to, I guess, how do you tell them apart from each other and represent that in the art? Yeah. So there, there's a lot of people who've read and, you know, scholars and studied on the categories. We've, we've chosen seven. Uh, that was the way the Lord led us in the process. There's a bunch, you know, some of the guys have done categories and subcategories and sub subcategories and you see all these themes and, but we chose seven and let's see if I can remember. There's, there's lament, which is the most prominent by far, uh, which again, most people don't think about that. Uh, that's the, the number one category of Psalm, um, praise, kingship, wisdom, um, remembrance, uh, thanksgiving and confidence. And so some of them have a, just a few, uh, throughout the Psalms, like confidence, for example, would be, um, like Psalm 23. So the Lord is my shepherd. It's a, it's like a trust. I like my confidence is in the Lord. A lot of times that category uses, uh, imagery, like a single, you know, image that runs through it. Um, remembrance are ones that like tell of Israel's history. And so there's not a ton of those. There's just a couple. Um, but as, as we, as we divide them into categories, then you can start to see, okay, there, you know, like you said, let's take a lament, for example, there's, there's a whole plethora of laments inside that lament category. Um, and there's a whole lot of different things. Some of them often they'll, you know, repeat very similar lines, if not the exact same line. Um, but it could be a, you know, particularly when you have a little, you know, those little snippets at the beginning song of David when he was on the run from Saul in the cave, you know, it's like that then can, that gives a whole bunch of information. Um, and so how do we use that in that moment that may be different from a different one? Maybe it's a corporate lament. Maybe it's saying, God, why have you forsaken us? Why are we, you know, why are our enemies triumphing over us? Da, 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 da. And then on the flip side, maybe it's David by himself lamenting in the cave. I'm on the run. I've been on the run for years. Like, Lord, would you let it up? And so, as we just sit there and think through that, and again, uh, of a wider biblical knowledge really helps. When you read the Psalms and you know what has happened in the Old Testament, it's it's a huge, it's like a huge benefit. It also makes it come alive in a lot of new ways. You know, my wife always talks about you get a you get to solve mysteries with the Lord when you just read the Bible and you, oh wait, there's that name I've read that somewhere. I'll find where that is and go back to. Oh wow, I had no idea. You know, so. <laughs> I'm picturing her with like a magnifying glass. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Basically, basically. But yeah, so it, we, d we do our best. Um, and we recognize that, you know, a lot of the laments are going to be sorrowful and minor keyed and a little bit slower probably. And, um, but try and distinguish and, and let the Lord lead in that. Because uh, there's a lot of different heart cries that mm -hmm. come from the psalmist and the, even just laments. Yeah, could you give an example of, of a particular psalm where you're looking at it and you're like, okay, in their ancient art form, they're using, you know, parallelism or whatever their tools are. And so this is what they're, what's this, is what's important to them. And here's how we're going to represent it in like the contemporary music. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So one of the ones I've been working on for a while is 119. A lot of people have asked how in the world are you going to do 119? That's the super um, long one, right? Yep. That's okay. the, it's the longest one. Um, and it's 22 sections. And they follow the Hebraic alphabet. Um, and it is all basically about um, searching out for 
God's laws, like living and walking in his wisdom and doing what he says. They're all about that. Um, but a lot of that was developed as a, you know, those letter things are a memory tool um, for them. We, we have an alphabet in our house. It hangs up on a big, two big banners uh, that I cut up out of painter's drop cloth and just wrote with Sharpie. Um, but it's alphabet of scripture. So A is all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. B, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. And our kids have learned it. And it's amazing how quick they learn them. Uh, and particularly when you attach melody to it. Um, and, you know, a lot of these were sung. Um, and we, we know that, we see that, we like that. So Psalm 119, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, how do we, how do we even approach this? The sections are all uh, like this. They're the same length. They go letter by letter. Um, similar subject matter. This is going to be hard, you know, to do 22 different songs. Mm -hmm. So we're going to do a song for each section. Uh, they're going to be shorter and they're going to kind of, there's going to be an arch to them as they, so some of the melodies will be reintroduced as the themes of those specific sections are reintroduced. Mm -hmm. um, like, you know, one, two, three, it's kind of a, there's a rising arch to it. One, two, three, four, five, you know, of the first five. And then towards the end, we're going to, you're going to hear some of those melodic themes capped off and, you know, sung again on 18, 19, 20 type of thing. So we do our best to look at that. Um, I, we don't try and get too hung up by the, like, again, like I said, by the scholarly study of poetically what was happening there in translation when it, you know, when it comes to English, it, it's amazing how often it fits really well, actually in rhymes and, you know, uh, but I think some of that is, you know, if I had a better understanding of Hebrew, <laughs> then I would be able to engage that more probably. Um, but since I don't, we've just kind of left that up to being what it is mm -hmm. and, um, doing our best to have understanding of what's going on. Um, but yeah, poetically I'm, I'm just so not learned in the original language that it's almost, it, it, I wish I were, I guess I'll say it that way. I've always wished that their poetry struck me as beautiful, but it's <laughs> kind of tedious. <laughs> like this, I've joked with my friends about like, I'm going to start using parallelism like they did. And it's like, I'm going to go to the grocery store and I'm going to drive across town and get food. And then it's just like, why'd you say that twice? <laughs> That's how it feels to me. It's just kind of redundant, but I don't know. Maybe help them with memory. I don't know. So, um, so well, something I've been realizing more and more over the last several years is that like, I can come up with a great idea and do it for like a week, but even holding out for a month is hard, <laughs> like multiple months and getting into years is even harder. Um, so what's your secret? How are you doing something like this consistently over the long term without getting burned out or any of that kind of stuff? <laughs> um, that that's, that's God's providence. Um, I mean, we had a lot of people tell us we were crazy. We had a lot of people tell us that there's no way we could do it, you know? Um, and we say, yeah, you're right. We can't, but with the Lord's help, we can. Um, and so that has been a, a beautiful testimony to even have made it this far, uh, particularly for people who are, who know, you know, what goes into the writing, creating, recording, producing, you know, finishing songs. Um, I think that there's something to be said in the current culture. Yeah. Even if you want to just look at the current music culture where it's singles based, you release singles. Most, you know, a lot of people aren't even releasing albums anymore. It's very flash in the pan. It's very, 
I want, I want my, my new thing. I want the new thing. You know, every, every, every Friday, new songs coming out, you know, and I'll hear them all, listen to them all. Um, and then I'm over that one and I want the next thing. And so this, this project, I think through the Lord's goodness kind of pushes against that very directly and says, no, we're not just going to do a new thing or a new album or a new idea every couple months. We're going to stick to this. And some people might be like, that's really boring. You know, this is, these are, uh, you know, this is mundane, more Psalms, come on, leave it alone. Um, but for those who are hungry for God's word, and I think that it can be a really beautiful thing. I mean, we've heard countless testimony from people around the world, um, stuff that we never expected, never expected. I'm shocked. I, I had a, I had a moment early on in the process where I thought, okay, Lord, we'll do it because you're calling us into it. But I feel like this is going to be a back scratch for Christians. Mm. You know, it's going to be like, oh, it makes you feel good. You know, a couple of Christians listen to it, but it's not going to like do ministry. You know, in my incorrect perception, my immaturity, I'm saying like, what's the ministry? So uh, this is coming off our main live uh, expression of ministry is this thing that we call the Golgotha experience. It's, 14 songs written for the stations of the cross, the biblical stations of the cross. Um, and we go and perform it in the Lenten season every year all around the country. And we do a lot of prisons and uh, like underserved communities. And so in those moments, it's very like tangible, physical, real ministry happening. We perform it and then, uh, you know, words are given in prayer and ministry, boom, you know, whatever. And so then on this, where there's no live at this point, I mean, there will be, but there's no live expression, um, partly due to COVID, partly due to how it, you know, we got to be actively spending tons of time in the, in the studio. Uh, and it's all disseminated on online, no face to face really. Um, and so I just had a thought, it's not going to, what's this going to do? You know, it'd be nice. Some people are like, Oh, that's really lovely. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it's been the opposite of, uh, or not the opposite. It has been that exponentially more fruitful. Part of that was COVID. I mean, everyone going through the pandemic season, countless emails and phone calls and texts about uh, this thing is changing my life. And I don't I say that humbly because it's, it was God's idea and we're just here along for the ride. But that's another thing that's kept us going is that, you know, last week we hear from a, a missionary surgeon in Ghana. And she says, every time I operate, every Psalm is the only thing that plays in the, in my operating room. Mm. And if my nurses don't believe in Jesus and don't like it, I don't care. You know, <laughs> that's what we're doing. Uh, you know, or then some guy in South Africa or some wife in South Africa, my husband's struggling with alcoholism and this is his rock right now. He listens to these morning and night, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or a, a filmmaker in Vietnam just reached out and was like, this is changing the way I look at the, the world. And I want to, I want to maybe use some of your music, but I want to send these ideas to you because I'm starting to see that, you know, the Lord is good in new ways and da da da. So it's just just crazy stuff we never would have thought never mm-hmm. would have thought possible and then we just say thank you lord but that is like a huge sustainer mm-hmm. um now would we have done it if we never heard anything absolutely and i believe would he have still given us the strength absolutely you know i hesitate to say like oh thanks for your encouragement it helps us keep along you know it helps us get on um but it, it, i mean it, that's just like a a nice kindness of god to even give us those to say like see you know um but uh, yeah I don't know. I don't know if that answers your question at all. I think it does, or I forgot what it was. So (laughs) it must've been a good answer. Um, I guess you're kind of touching on this, but have y'all ever felt like kind of trapped or uninspired or just regretful that you launched into this and had to kind of work through that? Or has it mostly been sort of 
feeling it. <laughs> we, we have, I have never felt regret of launching, uh, you know, like starting. I've never felt trapped in a song where it feels like, oh gosh, we have to finish this one because it comes out and, you know, we have to post four weeks and four to five weeks in advance to make sure it comes out on all the streaming platforms at the right time. Mm. Uh, never felt like behind the eight ball in that regard from a deadline perspective. After something happened after 75, after we passed the halfway mark. Um, and the interesting thing where there is uh, at the, let me pull, at the end of the 70s. So the 50s, you know, 51 through 61 is all laments. And then you have a bunch more laments, 64, uh, 70, 71, 74. Uh, there's a bunch of laments like all right in a row. And that's the most like crammed of laments. And we got past 75, it was a halfway mark. And I was totally, I was like, this is the first time I felt uh, heavy about it. Like mm -hmm. this is, it got, it feels like it got hard, mm -hmm. you know, for the first time. And we had this beautiful spiritual mentor that we have um, who you randomly called one day and said, Hey, I don't know how you're feeling about all this. And, you know, and I said, well, actually I was talking about Lee with my wife last night. It's the first time it's felt like there's been difficulty uh, or, or I'm tired. I'm a little tired, I guess it would be not of the project, just of, of how to go about it or something. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, you know, I was looking through all the laments you've released in the last you know, however long. And she goes, don't think for one second that you can sing, you know, God's word of heaviness and of fatigue and of longing and of whatever, and not feel that too in your spirit. Because, mm -hmm. and I was like, I appreciate that. I thank you for that word because that gives some light to this. Mm -hmm. um, for some reason, it hit me at halfway. There was a moment where we both are saying, whoa, we're halfway. That's amazing. How'd that guy, but you know, go by so quickly. And on the other flip side of that, oh, we're only halfway. <laughs> you know, we still have a year and a half left of this. So, mm -hmm. um, but that's, I've been really thankful and grateful that the Lord has continued to provide the energy and the like life around it. Mm -hmm. About how many hours a week are y'all spending on it? Uh, that's a real, that's a hard one. We, we have a, so we have a very odd um, schedule and routine. My job is poor Bishop Hooper. So it's a, we are a 501c3 nonprofit ministry. Um, it has a lot of expressions. You know, we have the, the um, Golgotha ministry that is, that does that whole thing. And then there's, you know, firstborn through Advent. We have a bunch of their albums, but we also live in this ministry house um, that up until a week ago was full of, of Kansas City Art Institute's living with us, with our family. Um, there's a married couple with a baby in the back. I mean, so there's that. And I, I take care of the home um, physically. It's not our home, but we, we live in it and steward this ministry house. Uh, and then we do a bunch of, you know, discipleship and ministry with students and with others through that. Um, and so it's a very unique situation that we have. Um, but I, my goal, I mean, I'm in the studio, if you will, working now the hard part, or sometimes people don't realize there's a whole bunch of work that goes into it before and after when you're not doing any music, there's not, you know, I'm not playing pianos and singing all day by any means. Mm -hmm. Um, I try and have at least one touch on every Psalm every single day, Monday through Friday, uh, and I shoot for at least one hour. Now there are days where I'll spend all day long doing um, every some stuff. So whether that's writing or recording or producing, a lot of times it feels like we get a lot of them written in a row and then I'll spend three straight days just producing, you know, try not to even look at my email, try not to, you know, do my best to not schedule meetings and answer phone calls and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, 
So it's a, it's a super ebb and flow. My brother's a visual artist, a painter. Uh, and he always talks about, um, when you're, when you have the wave, like when you're, when you're on the top of the wave, like ride it, you know, <laughs> when, when, it's, when the work is coming, like work, 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 like go crazy. So that's definitely been, um, a reality. Cause there are times where we're, you know, there's a lot going on with the kids or more travel or whatever. For instance, like in Golgotha season, we're hardly able to write and record at all. So we have to get way far ahead before, uh, March and April come, mm-hmm. but that's just the reality of it. And we try and ride the wave. If we have it, we, uh, we get one, Leah gets one time with me a week, uh, where we have someone come over. Well, one of the art students who live in our house comes and watches our children. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we work during the week once for two hours. And then all the others are done at night after our kids go to sleep. Um, mm-hmm. when it comes to her singing and that's getting harder and harder because we're more and more tired <laughs> from, just life with uh, children. We have seven, we have twins that are going to turn seven on Friday and a, a four-year-old. So that is added uh, as we've learned to use our time wisely mm-hmm. and uh, we can't stay up as late and sing. There'll be times where Leo will come up. It'll be a more fun one where it's nine, you know, at night and like, get some energy, babe. We got to sing this. One. We got to <laughs> do this tomorrow. I can't do this right now. I was like, I agree. I can hardly sit at the computer. So. Yeah. Um, so the, uh, something we haven't touched on yet is that those seven categories have, um, the, the, I guess the etchings is what they are from Lauren Stevens. Is that correct? Um, they're really cool. You can see a lot of biblical themes in them. Like, like the wise man has his heel on the serpent and the fool has let it out and it's getting around. There's lots of layers to them. They're really cool. And you can check them out on the website, which I guess we'll get to later. But, um, yeah, I've, I was talking to my wife about them and she was like, man, it's kind of creepy. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I don't know. They're just all kind of knobby and sort of disfigured and contorted. And it's like something that would have kept me up at night when I was a kid is how she described it. <laughs> and, uh, I was like, once she said it, I was like, you know, that's true. They are kind of like weirdly far in that direction. And I was just curious, like artistically or whatever, like how'd y'all decide to go that direction? And do you perceive it that way? Yeah. So, um, so Lauren Stevens is one of the girls she's lived in our house for two years, um, with our family, very close to our family. We, we love her. Um, she just graduated from the Kansas City Art Institute. So she's a young artist. She's extremely talented. Um, she does copper etchings using very old school models. You know, a lot, not a lot of people are doing that anymore. Um, and she makes these prints and she has a very unique style. Uh, and we first saw some of her work, I th- but even before she moved in the house, uh, and we're really captivated by it. Um, and then her, her love for the Lord, her, uh, desire to know the word, uh, my wife kind of disciples, mentors, her, um, came, it came very clear early on. We were talking about this. We're like, oh, we want her to do the artwork for these. And so she and Leah sit together. She's done a, another piece, a huge piece for our Advent stuff, um, through the lineage. And she, she ties a, a different plant to every single person from Abraham to mm. Jesus. And it's, they're all biblically connected. So Abraham's a tamarisk tree, you know, because he goes, the t- you know, whatever. Um, I don't mean to get off on that, but when, the, so they would sit together and they would look at a bunch of the Psalms that were in whatever category it was. And then she would draw out things and Leah would suggest things. And then these, these category pieces came. Um, but one of the things we love about the Psalms and 
I think it speaks to culture. It always has. Uh, and I think it's right now in particularly, I think it speaks into Christian music culture, uh, is that there's honesty and there's sadness and there's lament because that's what we see that is real in life that we live. Um, and we are, we are all for, you know, people writing all the, you know, we, ne- we don't tell anyone, we're never going to tell the bride she's ugly, you know? So the church is beautiful. Its expressions are beautiful. The different music that's coming out um, is, is beautiful and amazing and inspiring. Um, I think that there's a lot of like victory and um, never going to lose. And God's always perfect, which he is. And, uh, and not a lot of the other songs about, but what happens when, for, for example, uh, here's a bit of a testimony. We had a, uh, some friends within our church lose their three-year-old in his sleep. And they were going to do a kind of a time of prayer. This is maybe a week after. And our pastor says, Hey, we don't know anyone else who sings laments. <laughs> Will you come and lead? Just you, just us and a piano. And it was just a, you know, a, it was, the, you know, the, our pastor said, anyone who knows them, you know, can come or if you feel led in the spirit to come and pray, but it's not like some huge church thing. There's maybe, I don't know, 50 people there. And we just sat and we sang. And afterwards he came up to me and he said, you know, I can't listen to Christian radio right now. I can't handle it because it, it's not true to me. You know, never lost a battle. Like, no, it feels like I lost this one. You know, mm-hmm. it feels like he lost this one. And that's the reality of my life. And I can listen to the Psalms because I know it's just God's word and there's nothing else there. And so that's something um, with the art we wanted to happen as well. We didn't want it all to be like beautiful and perfect and portray some sense of, um, I don't know. Uh, we, we wanted it to be honest, just like the songs are honest, just like the lyrics, you know, we don't shy around a lot of times. They are honest. Um, and that, and looking through the Old Testament, it's gritty and it's nasty and lots of terrible things happen. And so uh, I think that the art communicates that really well. I totally understand what you're saying on some of them. They're like, whoa. And that's just her styling of how she, you know, communicates the form, the human form. A lot of times it's, you know, a little bit distorted and long fingers, you know, things like that. Um, But we thought it was a really, really good fit uh, and Mm -hmm. a really unique thing. And the other thing about it, purely practically, is that it's been a huge blessing to her because we've been able to sell them since they're prints. She has made hundreds of them and sold them. Um, We shipped them all over the world uh, for her. And that's been a huge gift to her as an artist because we really love to encourage and um, help do anything we can to bring up young artists. So we use a lot of young people at this art school for, uh, you know, animation, animating some of the stuff or for anything like this, for album covers, for design, try and pay them as, never can pay them enough. We don't, you know, as it goes, but Mm -hmm. uh, do our best to do that, kind of circle up that community if we can. Cool. Yeah, that's, that makes sense. I was kind of wondering if it was along those lines, just kind of the earthiness of the songs <laughs> really comes through in those etchings. Yeah. Um, that's kind of, I said I had pastoral, a category of pastoral questions. Um, that kind of leads right into it. And that's, it's really just one big disorganized question. So um, if you'll permit me, I'll just ramble for a minute and then you can respond. <laughs> um, I think most of the Christians that I know like want to love the Psalms, but 
um, try and find it difficult. <laughs> um, and it feels kind of like you're on this beautiful hike and there's certain things that you're really drawn to and you're starting to like feel it. And then something comes along like a pebble in your shoe and just jabs into your heel and you're like, ah, oh, dang it. That really takes me out of all the beauty of this. And so those pebbles, um, I made like a list of what, like the categories they fall into. Sometimes it's just like the, you know, slay my enemies kind of stuff, which, um, it's hard to square with like, you know, the love your enemy stuff that's also in the Bible. Um, sometimes they can sound pretty self-righteous, kind of like Jesus had that parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector and the Pharisees, like, thank you that I'm not like other men and whatever. And uh, sometimes the Psalms sound quite a bit like that. Um, they're just pretty hot and cold emotionally. And we spend most of our lives, most of us more in the middle. And so that can seem kind of, uh, unrelatable, <laughs> Um, we talked about this some, but they can seem kind of, they can blur together and just seem like the same thing over and over. Like, Oh Lord, my Lord, how majestic is your name and all the earth. <laughs> like, of course, that's what they were going to say. <laughs> um, a lot of the subject matter deals with like violence and warfare, which at least for people like me and most of the Christians I know is pretty foreign. Um, some of the ways that they praise God can seem kind of like sniveling or overly servile or even like they're bargaining. Like I'll praise you for the rest of my life. If you'll save it right now or, you know, <laughs> and then God's like desire and command that we worship him can in the wrong light. It can seem kind of like egotistical or like, why does he care about us worshiping him or whatever? So I don't know. All those things seem to come along. Like Psalm 139 is the best example to me. Cause that Psalm is just like sublime and so beautiful. And uh, one of my friends summarized it as, I love you and you love me and you created all these beautiful things. And don't you just hate those people? <laughs> it's just that last part. I was going to memorize it. And then I thought about that last part and I was like, man, I don't, I don't like that. And I don't think it's like very near to the spirit of Christ. Um, and so I gave up and I never memorized it. And so I feel like that's a good example of how most of the Christians I know relate to the Psalms. And I've noticed y'all don't, kind of whitewash any of that. Like one of the lines in a recent one was like talking about the evil people's corpses, fertilizing the soil. And y'all just, just went and sang it. And he, so I don't know. There's a lot there. Um, this is to start wherever, <laughs> wherever you'd like. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's so funny. And it's funny that you did 139 cause we're actually writing that one right now. Hmm. And we got to that one came again out of like a totally random couple days ago. You know, it's not, it's way far down the line. We don't, we're not there yet chronologically. And uh, I just felt led to sit down and sing with it one morning. And I got to 19 and I said the same thing. That feels like it doesn't fit. Mm -hmm. I don't understand. I get what it's saying, but it's a very hard, that's a hard shift in that song. <laughs> yeah. You know, because the, and, and some of these, it's interesting because occasionally a few of them, we only sing like three or four lines. And, it, and it's like, this feels like what the, what the theme is. Cause a lot of them, we can't sing every word. We can't sing every line. So we, we try and theme. And I went to Leah and I said, I don't think I'm going to sing those in this one. Is that bad? Mm -hmm. She's like, well, let's pray about it. You know? And it's, and it felt for us in that one, the theme of it is this, the theme of it is I'll never escape from you, height or depth, heaven, or, you know, if I go to the far side of the sea or whatever, all the other ones are there. And it, there's so many memorable lines in 139. I mean, it's like memorized, you know, all the little pictures with the, like, you know, the people have on their walls. It's like, there's like a bajillion of them from there. Fearfully, mm -hmm. wonderfully made is in there. Search me and know my thoughts is in there. I mean, all those are in there. 
Um, but the, it feels like that's a, you were talking about our lives are lived in the middle. It feels like highs and lows. As a songwriter, when you typically, when you write songs is in highs or lows. So that doesn't surprise me at all um, that the Psalms being poet, being poetry and, so, and songs are written in highs and lows because that's what naturally happens as the Lord gives us creative spirit is if everything's kind of in the middle, we might write some songs, but the, the, the plethora and the overflow is going to happen when there's great distress or when there's great joy. Um, so 139, but what I do like about it and what I like about all of the, um, yeah, the corpses fertilizing ground, you know, like the, the ones about the kids, like I wish their kids wouldn't even be born, dash them upon the rocks, like stuff like that. You're like, Oh my gosh, how is this? How does this fit? Mm -hmm. Um, I first and foremost love that they're honest because a lot of people think things like that. A lot of people, but would never tell anyone that, you know, mm -hmm. you would never go tell your pastor at church. There's a guy at my work and I hate him and I wish he was dead. You know, that sounds, it just sounds horrible. And it, it isn't the heart of Jesus. As you said, it's like, how do I reconcile that with Jesus saying, love your enemies? Um, at the same time, pre-Jesus, we have a God and still now it's nothing's different. Our God who loves justice and hates sin. And that's a reality that I feel like the American church has walked away from uh, in, a, in, in droves in recent history. And so hearing that, I feel like if you would have heard that a hundred years ago, it would not have struck you like it does now mm. when you read through the Psalms and like smite the enemies of the Lord, you know? Um, and we have to believe that his desire is for evil to be no more. And we have to stand on that. Um, and we have to believe that Jesus, who quotes the Psalms more than anybody, and more than any other book in the Bible, he quotes the Psalms. Um, he knew them. He'd read them. He stand for them. You know, I'm not going to change one word in the book. So even though we can't understand it, maybe, I think that there's honesty there and there's a heart and desire for justice. For, you know, because most of those times when it's saying like smite the enemies, it's saying so that because they're going out and they're killing my family or they're doing horrible things, you know, the, the conversation around enemies and, and how we look at old Testament Israel and who are the people saying these things. I mean, it's like atrocities happening all over the place. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I think that that's hard. Like you said, we're not in a war culture. We're not in a, in a, um, culture right now who sees this all the time. It's not in front of our faces. Um, it's made me just randomly think we have some, uh, we've seen some friends and pastors die from COVID in the past year and are currently praying for two kind of a mother and father of the faith here in Kansas city who are, who are in the hospital. And you have a little bit of that sense in that moment when people, and you gather people to pray and worship for around that. And it's like, Lord end COVID, you know, <laughs> just end it. We know you can end it, just end it, you know, that kind of thing. And so I feel like this, if, it gets, and it shouldn't, it shouldn't be easier. And I think it should, you know, sit hard with us, but if we're honest with ourselves, we would probably, you know, we would be saying the same things if we were in a situation like those situations, mm -hmm. if someone was coming in to our cities and like stealing our children and if stealing our women and children and taking them, killing them, making them slaves, whatever, we'd probably be praying differently than we are now. And so, uh, 
and, and, and knowing that God's heart all along is for that not to happen. Uh, mm-hmm. And so we crying out and saying, J- bring justice, God, you know, end the enemies, figure this out. Like uh, it makes you think of Psalm 88, which you just released last week, which is, you know, the bleakest Psalm of all the Psalms. It, it's the, it has no, no turn to hope, no faith statement at the end. Almost every other lament, well, every other lament in the Psalms has some like glimmer of light or, you know, it's often something along the lines of, but I will praise you, God, because you are good or, but I still have faith or, but I this. And so 88, I don't have any of that. It ends with darkness is my closest friend. And, you know, that's the end. It's basically just a straight montage. And that I think um, displays the honesty of the writers of the Psalms perfectly because there are times when it doesn't feel like that to us. And, and we have to be able to be okay to say, to speak that and to um, share that with the Lord and to sing it if it's a matter of singing it. And I think it's really important, um, even when it's hard, even when it doesn't make sense, even when it's difficult. Uh, so yeah, we understand that there's cultural disconnect. We understand that there's things here that uh, make, that might not make a lot of sense. But we, again, we trust that it's God's word and it's good. Uh, mm-hmm. And so we got to do our best to sing it. Now, I don't know about 139. We might leave that part out. Yeah, I wondered if if everything except for the last part was just making the case. God, you would know if I was unrighteous because you know me in all these ways. And therefore, listen to me when I tell you to don't we hate these people or whatever. Sure. <laughs> yeah, like, like hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you why you should hear my cry right now in mm-hmm. the enemies. And then at the end though, the, I got I want to read it because the end is so beautiful. And it's that famous part. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. So it's almost as though he says that stuff. And then he's like, but if I'm saying this from the wrong place, you know, point it out to me, mm-hmm. lead me on everlasting, lead me to, I know this different translations there. And this is the path of everlasting life. Um, lead me along the ways of, or the everlasting way, I think is what most of them say. But the, like that feels like a total, I might be, I might be a little bit off on this, you know, just make <laughs> sure you know, I know, you know, so just point this out to me so that if I'm, if I'm making a, a, a cry or asking something I shouldn't be asking, I'll stop. If you just, just tell me, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I guess maybe you're kind of touching on this, but one of the kind of something that would apply to any of these like jagged pebbles in the shoe that I was talking about is um, like our, are all of the words of the Psalms meant to be things that we're supposed to pray? Or is it kind of like, it's sort of like a lot of times the Old Testament will tell a story and it doesn't tell you, and this is a good thing that pleased the Lord. And this was bad. And he was displeased. Sometimes it does, but most of the time it just tells you what happened. And, uh, so the Psalms, a lot of times it doesn't say, and this has a thumbs up from the Lord that you should pray this or a thumbs down or whatever. Um, I think the most obvious assumption to me would be that, no, we're supposed to pray all this stuff. This is good stuff. Um, but that's a tough sell on some of it. And so it's easier for me to think maybe, maybe this is, we just need to know that like, if you're not ready to pray the right thing, you can at least still take those feelings to God. Um, do you have much of a belief on that? 
I guess. Well, this, yeah, this makes me think about the conversation around how much, what are, are these songs worship songs to be corporately sung? Because we've had people reach out and sing, sing them corporately. You know, I want to have, uh, they get the charts and the chords and they sing them with their churches or whatever. Um, but I don't think that all of, I mean, we are not writing these and, re and releasing these so that churches sing these songs necessarily. Mm -hmm. We do highly value God's word and we know it is good sharper than a two-edged sword. I mean, all the things. So we, we think knowing it is absolutely vital and important. Singing it to, for the sake of memory is why would you not? I mean, melody aids and memory, that's like the best gift that God has given us to memorize things is melody. It's fascinating. It's a beautiful thing. There's a bunch of scientific research on that. It's fantastic. Um, but I mean, how much quicker you memorize uh, when you sing it. So those two things as tools, uh, why not use them to learn God's word. Do we stand in the place of Psalm 88? Let's take Psalm 88, for example. Would we sing that at, or, you know, will we sing that corporately as a prayer? I'm as good as dead, like a strong man with no strength. They've left me among the dead and I lie in a corpse like a, or lie like a corpse in the grave. I'm forgotten, cut off from your care. I don't necessarily think that that's something that should be corporately sung. Uh, do, can you pray that if that's your honest heart unto God? Absolutely. Like, and I think that's kind of the difference there. Like you're saying, maybe these aren't supposed to all be prayed by me. Maybe, my, you know, maybe I'm not supposed to pray Psalm 88 unto the Lord from a, like a personal heart perspective. Um, and I think that's totally fine. Is it good that I know that it's in there? 100%. Does that make sense? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Also, that's like an end around the question, but yeah. Yeah. One time, Years ago, there was someone at our church. I, can't, I don't know. I didn't know this person, so I don't know if it was a visitor or someone who actually goes to our church. But um, I heard that her mother survived the genocide in Rwanda, and then that was just like, man, someone who has been through that kind of hell is in the same room as me, and sort of brought. I just kind of lived my life in Disneyland, really, and realized like, oh yeah, there's places that aren't times and places that aren't Disneyland, <laughs> and so uh, maybe some of those psalms are for people who have been through something like that and not for me just like going to work on a Monday morning. <laughs> and I feel like there's something to be said for, for license to maybe say some things that aren't perfectly loving and kind in, in a situation like that, you know? Well, and, and, and I think that's, that's that expression of heart unto the Lord where he desires relationship and uh, he desires intimacy. And so being able to say it is a totally other thing than going out and doing some action, you know, or, or actually hating the person. Because mm -hmm. you could say, you could say that the person singing this psalm, you know, smite my enemies, Lord, or if, if I'm supposed to sing that today or, or pray that today, Lord, like in them. But if I'm, if I'm on the road and I meet him, I still got to love him, you know, and that's like a, that's a okay. different thing. And that gets into a whole nother conversation. But uh, I totally understand what you're saying. You know, we tell folks a lot of, we tell our kids all the time, like, let us not forget that we live better than Solomon in all of his glory, than David in all of the, you know, majesty of the kingdom. We live way better. They didn't have the food we have. They didn't have air conditioning. They didn't have whatever. Just like you're saying, I live in Disneyland. I got it good. Mm -hmm. um, and so how much more would some of these Psalms connect with me if I didn't have the life I have uh, and trusting that that's a reality? Mm-hmm. If you, I guess maybe as like a summary statement, if there's someone who 
wants to love the Psalms and finds it keeps getting dissuaded by the pebbles, so to speak. Do you have like a, uh, maybe like an encouragement or challenge to that person? Yeah. That sounded like it wasn't the end of the question, but it was. <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. Uh, I think the encouragement is, well, the first encouragement is there will definitely be times just like in the, all of the Bible and the way that the Lord uses his words to us in different seasons of our life, where some of the Psalms will be like, Whoa, I like, I'm holding onto that. I'm That is moving my heart, changing my life, whatever. And then there'll be times where others of them aren't doing that. And that's totally okay. And that might shift and change. Um, I had a, I had a pastor and friend years and years and years ago when I was in college and he said, I want to ask everyone to do something. I want you to say the Lord's prayer once a day for a year. Say it out loud by yourself and just see what happens. You know, because he's like, I bet you you're going to A, have a greater understanding of it, of course. You're going to have a greater appreciation of, of it, of course. I bet you there are going to be times in this year that certain parts of it make way more sense and speak way more deeply. And you pray them with more whatever earnest is how you're going to look at that. Mm-hmm. And that is absolutely true, you know? And so I, I think that applies to any, anywhere in the Bible, but in the Psalms, particularly these petitions and these songs, these things sung unto the Lord, that if you, if we keep reading them, there will be sections and times that are really powerful. Uh, but if we stop because we don't, because we think that they're all old Israel songs and they don't apply and they're not Jesus, Jesus didn't say these things. And da, da, da. if we just throw, you know, kind of throw them out like that, we're going to miss a whole bunch of uh, the reality and character of God because we didn't take the time. Uh, to, to, to look at it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Or didn't take the time to say it. You know, it's like, read a Psalm a day. It will, it will not be bad for you. <laughs> I can guarantee you it will produce good things in your life. Read one Psalm a day and at 150 days, just start over and do it again. And maybe, you know, round one, you're like, uh, you know, Psalm six, whatever. And then round two, you're like, whoa, Psalm six is blowing my mind. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like we feel that all the time or we go back and, read one of the ones of the songs we've already released or listen to one of the songs we've already released. Like, oh my gosh, I didn't like that. Or that wasn't my favorite at the time. And now it's, you know, mm-hmm. so. that's cool. Yeah. The, the Lord's prayer thing. I feel like I've kind of grown up in the sort of Protestant descended type churches. Um, and I think something that runs with most of those, uh, not like Anglicanism and stuff, but a lot of them are like, if I why would I say something that's not my extemporaneous feeling in the moment, you know? And if I, if I'm saying something that I don't really, that I've said a hundred times or that I, um, am not feeling in the moment and that's like insincere or inauthentic, but I've decided to like, you know, set that perspective down and try something different (laughs) with the Lord's prayer. And, uh, it seems like sometimes it can sort of be like a fine wine where it just like keeps getting better and better. Like not every single time, but the overall trend is like much more dear to me. And then there's. I can't pray it without asking, like, is there anyone I need to forgive? That, that's a haunting line. Jeez. Um, yeah, just, I don't know. There's something to be said for, like, maybe the psalm is off-putting because of the way they're talking, and I'm not there right now, but maybe there's value in it, even if that's not how I feel at the moment, you know? Well, in the Lord's Prayer, I mean, <laughs> I was telling the kids this just the other day. It, the, they say, "What? how should we pray? And he tells them, exactly. Why it's like, why would I not say that all the time? Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus, that's the only time he's like, you got to do this, but you know, 
And like you're talking about the forgiveness thing. And then right after that, is it Luke six? Anyway, he's, he says, and if you forgive, you'll be forgiven. If you don't, you won't. I mean, that's a huge line. And they, oh my gosh. But I remember going through that year every day and we say it often as a family. Um, and it's amazing. We, my kids, my son, Rufus, whenever he says it, he gets on the ground and bows down on the ground. Mm-hmm. And I, we never said like, you got to make sure we do the thing, you know, you fold your hands. You do, you know. We never say any of that. And he like reverence when he says it and says it. And so then we like all follow his lead off. <laughs> and we're all just like bound on the ground on the front porch, praying the Lord's prayer before dinner. If he, cause we say, Rufus, you want to lead the prayer tonight? And about 75% of the time he leads the Lord's prayer. He, he likes it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember going through that year and there were times like daily bread, you know, for the first, like give us a daily bread, whatever. And then I, then you lose a job and you don't have any, you're like, Oh, money thing. The daily bread uh, line is a lot more meaningful, mm-hmm. you know, or, or you, or the Lord brings someone to your heart that you haven't forgiven. Like, I have bitterness for this person still. And then you read that. Okay. You know, so it, it just leads into, it covers everything. <laughs> Jesus knew what he was talking about, you know, get yeah. that. Who, where's, why am I so surprised? Um, so I guess the only things left are the, the what I call the personal questions. Um, where are we at on time? Uh, well, I don't, whatever you need, man. I, I've got another like 40 if I need, if we need to go till 10. Is that fine? What, what were you needing? That's more than enough. Um, so that'd be fine. I just didn't want to keep you longer than you were available. No, I appreciate that. Um, <clears throat> so I guess as this project, this is probably an obvious yes. Has it changed your view of any like particular Psalms? Like, do you have any unexpected favorites or anything that, yeah. Are there any Psalms that it's kind of changed the way you look at them? I think more than individual ones is just the plethora of like the, the entirety of them, mm-hmm. um, spending so much time in them. And like you said, seeing repeated themes and, uh, I, right now I love that Psalm one, you know, it's, it's, it's all wisdom and Psalm one nineteen is like this, the massive thing of wisdom. Um, and there's others throughout there, but you know, those, those feel more like Proverbs. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm shocked at my appreciation for them and being a musician and stuff. I feel like that's kind of the thing that, you know, every, anyone, any musician who loves Jesus is like, well, you gotta, I mean, the Psalms, you know, but I, I agree with you. Um, in my early days, loving the Lord, I didn't have a lot of attachment to them. Uh, I think I, I, on the surface could see their beauty, but I didn't, I was never drawn to read them at length. I was never drawn to, you know, read them and read them and again and, and study them. And now my, yeah, certainly my perspective has changed through this, um, where the, where my heart hung, uh, even hungers for them at, in different times and ways than it, than it never did before. Um, some of the ones that my wife has sung and written, uh, Psalm 51, that's the first one that comes to my mind about this, where it's David after Nathan confronts him about Bathsheba and he's repenting and she sings that one. And it's super dark and like, and that one to me, I remember the first time she did it, I was like weeping. I'm like, I've never opened my eyes to actually see or think about that. You know? Yeah. I read it. I've read it, you know, but that was the first time I was like, Oh my gosh, what, what this guy was feeling, you know? Oh, just the, just the cost and like the remorse and the, 
but then like the true understanding of repentance and all this stuff. So, or of forgiveness. And so that was, that's one that I know for sure as uh, I've changed my perspective on. Mm. I've grown to like when before I would have, eh, whatever. Yeah. Um, this is maybe hard to answer and maybe you've already answered it. I'm not sure, but <laughs> um, can you think of any examples of how this is this doing this project has impacted like your, your worldview or your prayer or your relationships or your work or that kind of stuff? Um, I think that we've, we've, I've gotten better at being honest with the Lord for sure mm-hmm. on the things that, that are, that are, that are painful that are, you know, I, in our conversation about living in Disneyland, I feel like I'm in a place where like, I don't, why would I complain about anything? I've got it all, you know, whatever. Um, so I don't share that stuff with the Lord. You know, I kind of grew up, I feel like in that system, you weren't, you're not sharing, um, hurts or pains or whatever. I mean, you might pray for like, Lord heal this person or something, but not like, why would you do that? You know, mm-hmm. God, you got to teach me in this moment. Cause I don't get it. I don't understand this. Um, so that certainly has grown. Uh, I've been shocked at how the Bible just brings people together and the, the God's word is so good and so universal. And that's been a really fun kind of eye-opening thing. And, um, yeah, there there have been far more, a much greater and broader fruit than I ever imagined with it. That's great. Cool. That's all the questions I had. Um, I feel like we nailed it. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks. Great. Um, so I guess, no, I don't think you talked too much at all. I mean, that was the whole point, so you know it <laughs> um so i guess if people want to check it out it's on spotify apple music all that um it's at everysalm.com is there anything else that you'd want to say about it where people can find it or whatever uh no you just go to the website and and listen it's all free we do everything so we give it all away um you can get all the download you can download them if that's what you want to do you can listen to all on on our website so you don't have to have a Spotify membership or anything if you don't want to. Um and um that's that's kind of that's kind of it. So kind of zooming out from every psalm in particular, I think some people might be interested in the other ministry stuff y'all are doing. Um is there any of that that you want to kind of get people you can go find more here? Yeah, so this is an interesting project in that this is the first one where we've done um where we're just trying to sing the verses, you know, word for word or or as, you know, close to word for word that still is uh, beautiful and creative. We know some folks uh, who sing it word for word, every line and it like, we bless them. That's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's really hard. Um, but our other projects, the thing we like to do uh, when we're not doing this uh, is write kind of the stories and the characters. So like I mentioned, Golgotha, it tells the story of Jesus from the garden to the tomb. Uh, and, and it points to those things. It's a, it's a kind of an experiential hour. Um, you can watch that uh, as a video. You can listen to all the songs. Um, you can get it through poorbishophooper.com or golgothamusic.com and a lot of websites. But uh, the thing, and we, we tour that and maybe we can come down your way in uh, the spring. Uh, we have a few other folks in Texas that are interested. So we might be your way. Um, but the other thing coming up here in a minute 
or a couple months is uh, a, a project called Firstborn, um, and it's an Advent project, and it's based on um, the traditional Advent like weekly themes or the candle themes, if you think about it from a wreath perspective. So hope and joy and peace and love and then Christ. Uh, and that similarly is drawing out, focusing on specific characters. So the first week is focuses on Zechariah going in the temple. Um, and the song tells that story. So it's, it all is drawing from the Bible. Um, but it's not as much, uh, like verse for verse, word for word. Uh, and so Golgotha and Firstborn are much like that. We have an album called Foreign Made. It's all about Jesus' parables uh, and it sings those. And uh, and then we do, we started doing some hymns, EPs and things like that. But uh, we love the Bible. We love to sing the stories of the Bible. And um, yeah, hopefully any of our music can be a, a blessing or a gift to whomever. Yeah. And so is it poorbishophooper.com is like the the hub where they could find any of that? Yeah, all of it stems from that website. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. Well, I guess we did it. Thank you, Grant. This is a good time being with you this morning. Yeah, you too. Thanks for joining us for our sermon podcast. We would love for you to join us on Sunday morning or in one of our small groups during the week. And you can get more information about that at DentonNorthChurch.com.